Chapter forty five of Young People's Treasury, Volume six Famous Travels and Adventures by Hamilton Wright Maybe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Island of Trinidad by James Anthony Froude. Trinidad is the largest after Jamaica of the British West Indian Islands and the hottest absolutely after none of them. It is square shaped and, I suppose, was once a part of South America. The Orinoco River and the ocean currents between them have cut a channel between it and the mainland, which is expanded into a vast shallow lake known as the Gulf of Perea. The two entrances by which the gulf is approached are narrow and are called bocas or mouths, one the dragon's mouth, the other the serpent's. When the Orinoco is in flood, the water is brackish, and the brilliant violet hue of the Caribbean Sea is changed to a dirty yellow. But the harbor which is so formed would hold all the commercial navies of the world, and seems formed by nature to be the depot one day of an enormous trade. The town has between thirty and forty thousand people living in it, and the rain and the Johnny Crows, a black vulture that acts as scavenger between them, keep off pestilence. Outside is a large savanna or park where the villas are of the successful men of business one of these belonged to my host a cool airy habitation with open doors and windows overhanging portico and rooms into which all the winds might enter but not the sun a garden in front was shut off from the savannah by a fence of bananas at the gate stood as sentinel a cabbage palm a hundred feet high on the lawn mangoes oranges pawpaws and breadfruit trees strange to look at but luxuriantly shady before the door was a tree of good dimensions whose name i have forgotten the stem and branches of which were hung with orchids which g had collected in the woods the borders were blazing with varieties of the single hibiscus crimson pink and fawn color the largest that i had ever seen the average diameter of each single flower was from seven to eight inches wind streamed freely through the long sitting-room loaded with the perfume of orange trees on table and in bookcase were visible evidences of a highly cultivated taste the particular room assigned to myself would have been delightful but that my possession of it was disputed even in daylight by mosquitoes who for bloodthirsty ferocity had a bad preeminence over the worst that i had ever met with elsewhere i killed one who was at work upon me and examined him through a glass. Bewick, with the inspiration of genius, had drawn his exact likeness as the devil, a long black stroke for a body, a nick for a neck, horns on the head, and a beak for a mouth, spindle arms and longer spindle legs, two painted wings and a tail. Line for line, there the figure was before me, which in the unforgettable tailpiece is driving the thief under the gallows, and I had a melancholy satisfaction in identifying him i had been warned to be on the lookout for scorpions centipedes jiggers and land crabs who would bite me if i walked slipperless over the floor in the dark of these i met with none either there or anywhere but the mosquito of trinidad is enough by himself for malice mockery and venom of tooth and trumpet he is without a match in the world from mosquitoes however one could seek safety in tobacco smoke or hide behind the lace curtains with which every bed is provided 
otherwise i found every provision to make life pass deliciously to walk is difficult in a damp steamy atmosphere hotter during daylight than the hottest forcing-house in kew beautiful however it was beyond dispute before sunset a carriage took us around the savannah tropical human beings like tropical birds are fond of fine colors especially black human beings and the party was as brilliant as kensington gardens on a sunday at nightfall the scene became even more wonderful air grass and trees being alight with fireflies each as brilliant as an english glowworm the palm tree at our own gate stood like a ghostly sentinel clear against the starry sky a single long dead frond hanging from below the coronet of leaves and clashing against the stem as it was blown to and fro by the night wind while long-winged bats swept and whistled over our heads the residence stands in a fine situation in large grounds of its own at the foot of the mountains it has been lately built regardless of expense for the colony is rich and likes to do things handsomely on the lawn under the windows stood a tree which was entirely new to me an enormous seba or silk cotton tree umbrella shaped fifty yards in diameter the huge and buttressed trunk throwing out branches so massive that one wondered how any woody fibre could bear the strain of their weight the boughs twisting in and out till they made a roof over one's head which was hung with every fantastic variety of parasites vast as the sebas were which i saw afterward in other parts of the west indies this was the largest the seba is the sacred tree of the negro the temple of jumbi the proper house of obia to cut down one is impious no black in his right mind would wound even the bark a jamaica police officer told me that if a seba had to be removed the men who used the axe were well dosed with rum to give them courage to defy the devil from government house we strolled into the adjoining botanical gardens i had long heard of the wonders of these the reality went beyond description plants with which i was familiar as shrubs in english conservatories were here expanded into forest giants with hundreds of others of which we cannot raise even lilliputian imitations let man be what he will nature in the tropics is always grand palms were growing in the greatest luxuriance of every known species from the cabbage towering up into the sky to the fan palm of the desert whose fronds are reservoirs of water of exogenous trees the majority were leguminous in some shape or another forming flowers like a pea or vetch and hanging their seeds in pods yet in shape and foliage they distance far the most splendid ornaments of an english park they had old-world names and characters wholly different cedars which were not conifers almonds which were no relations of peaches and gum trees as unlike eucalypti as one tree can be unlike another again you saw ferns which you seemed to recognize till some unexpected anomaly startled you out of your mistake a gigantic portugal laurel or what i took for such was throwing out a flower direct from the stem like a cactus grandest among them all and happily in full bloom was the sacred tree of burma the amherstia nobilis at a distance like a splendid horse chestnut with crimson blossoms in pendant bunches each separate flower in the convolution of its parts exactly counterfeiting a large orchid 
with which it had not the faintest affinity the amherstia being leguminous like the rest underneath and dispersed among the imperial beauties were spice trees orange trees coffee plants and cocoa or again shrubs with special virtues or vices we had to be careful what we were about for fruits of fairest appearance were tempting us all around my companion was preparing to eat something to encourage me to do the same a gardener stopped him in time it was nux mamica i was straying along a less frequented path conscious of a heavy vaporous odor in which i might have fainted had i remained exposed to it i was close to a manchineel tree prettiest and freshest were the nutmegs which had a glen all to themselves and perfumed the surrounding air in trinidad and in granada i believe the nutmegs are the largest that are known being from thirty to forty feet high leaves brilliant green something like the leaves of an orange but extremely delicate and thin folded one over the other the lowest branches sweeping to the ground till the whole tree forms a natural bower which is proof against a tropical shower the fragrance attracts moths and flies not mosquitoes who prefer a ranker atmosphere i saw a pair of butterflies the match of which i do not remember even in any museum dark blue shot with green like a peacock's neck and the size of english bats i asked a black boy to catch me one that sort no let catchy massa he said and i was penitently glad to hear it among the wonders of the garden are the vines as they call them that is the creepers of various kinds that climb about the other trees standing in an open space there was what once had been a mighty cedar it was now dead only the trunk and dead branches remaining and had been murdered by a fig vine which had started from the root twined itself like a python round the stem strangled out the natural life and spreading out in all directions had covered boughs and twigs with a foliage not its own so far the vine had done no worse than ivy does at home but there was one feature about it which puzzled me altogether the lowest of the original branches of the cedar were about twenty feet above our heads from these in four or five places the parasite had let fall shoots perhaps an inch in diameter which descended to within a foot of the ground and then suddenly without touching that or anything formed a bite like a rope went straight up again caught hold of the branch from which they started and so hung suspended exactly as an ordinary swing in three distinctly perfect instances the vine had executed this singular evolution while at the extremity of one of the longest and tallest branches high up in the air it had made a clean leap of fifteen feet without visible help and had caught hold of another tree adjoining on the same level these performances were so inexplicable that i can see that they must have been a freak of the gardener's i was mistaken he said that at particular times in the year the fig vine threw out fine tendrils which hung downward like strings the strongest among them would lay hold of two or three others and climb up upon them the rest would die and drop off while the successful one having found support for itself above would remain swinging in the air and thicken and prosper the leap he explained by the wind i retained a suspicion that the wind had been assisted by some aspiring energy in the plant itself so bold it was and so ambitious but the wonders of the garden were thrown into the shade by the cottage at the extreme angle of it 
where charles kingsley had been the guest of sir arthur gordon it is a long straggling wooden building with deep verandas lying in a hollow overshadowed by trees with views opening out into the savannah through arches formed by clumps of tall bamboos the canes growing thick in circular masses and shooting up a hundred feet into the air where they meet and form frames for the landscape peculiar and even picturesque when there are not too many of them these bamboos were kingsley's special delight as he had never seen the like of them elsewhere the room in which he wrote is still shown and the gallery where he walked up and down with his long pipe his memory is cherished in the island as of some singular and beautiful presence which still hovers about the scenes which so delighted him in the closing evening of his own life in trinidad there are eighteen thousand freeholders most of them negroes and representatives of the old slaves their cabins are spread along the road on either side overhung with breadfruit trees tamarinds calabash trees out of which they make their cups and water jugs the luscious granadilla climbs among the branches plantains throw their cool shade over the doors oranges and limes and citrons perfume the air and droop their boughs under the weight of their golden burdens there were yams in the gardens and cows in the paddocks and cocoa bushes loaded with purple or yellow pods children played about in swarms in happy idleness and abundance with schools too at intervals and an occasional catholic chapel for the old religion prevails in trinidad never having been disturbed what form could human life assume more charming than that which we were now looking on once more the earth does not contain any peasantry so well off so well cared for so happy so sleek and contented as the sons and daughters of the emancipated slaves in the english west indian islands sugar may fail the planter but cocoa which each peasant can grow with small effort for himself does not fail and will not he may better his condition if he has any such ambition without stirring beyond his own ground and so far perhaps his ambition may extend if it is not turned off upon politics even the necessary evils of the tropics are not many or serious his skin is proof against mosquitoes there are snakes in trinidad as there were snakes in eden plenty snakes said one of them who was at work in his garden plenty snakes but no bitey as to costume he would prefer the costume of innocence if he were allowed clothes in such a climate are superfluous for warmth and to the minds of the negroes unconscious as they are of shame superfluous for decency european prejudice however still passes for something the women have a love for finery which would prevent a complete return to african simplicity and in the islands which are still french and in those like trinidad which the french originally colonized they dress themselves with real taste they hide their wool in red or yellow handkerchiefs gracefully twisted or perhaps it is not only to conceal the wool columbus found the carib women of the island dressing their hair in the same fashion the waterworks when we reached them were even more beautiful than we had been taught to expect a dam has been driven across a perfectly limpid mountain stream a wide open area has been cleared levelled strengthened with masonry and divided into deep basins or reservoirs through which the current continually flows hedges of hibiscus shine with crimson blossoms innumerable hummingbirds glance to and fro among the trees and shrubs and gardens and ponds are overhung 
by magnificent bamboos which so astonished me by their size that i inquired if their height had been measured one of them i was told had lately fallen and was found to be one hundred and thirty feet long a single drawback only there was to this enchanting spot and it was again the snakes there are huge pythons in trinidad which are supposed to have crossed the straits from the continent some washerwomen at work in the stream had been disturbed a few days before our visit by one of these monsters who had come down to see what they were about they are harmless but trying to the nerves the train from porus brought us back to kingston an hour before sunset the evening was lovely even for jamaica the sea breeze had fallen the land breeze had not risen and the dust lay harmless on road and hedge cherry garden to which i was bound was but seven miles distant by the direct road so i calculated on a delightful drive which would bring me to my destination before dark so i calculated but alas for human expectation i engaged a buggy at the station with a decent-looking conductor who assured me that he knew the way to cherry garden as well as to his own door his horse looked starved and miserable he insisted that there was not another in kingston that was more than a match for it we set out and for the first two or three miles we went on well enough conversing amicably on things in general but it so happened that it was market day the road was thronged with women plodding along with their baskets on their heads a single male on a donkey to each detachment of them carrying nothing like an officer with a detachment of soldiers foolish indignation rose in me and i asked my friend if he was not ashamed of seeing the poor creatures toiling so cruelly while their lords and masters amused themselves i appealed to his feelings as a man as if it were likely that he had any the wretch only laughed ah massa he said with his tongue in his cheek women do women's work men do men's work all right and what is men's work i asked instead of answering he went on look at they women massa how they laugh how happy they be nobody more happy than black woman massa i would not let him off i pricked into him till he got excited too and we argued and contradicted each other till at last the horse finding he was not attended to went his own way and that was a wrong one between kingston and our destination there is a deep sandy flat overgrown with brush and penetrated in all directions with labyrinthine lanes into this we had wandered in our quarrels and neither of us knew where we were the sand was loose our miserable beast was above his fetlocks in it and was visibly drooping under his efforts to drag us along even at a walk the sun went down the tropic twilight is short the evening star shone out in the west and the crescent moon over our heads my man said this and said that every word was a lie for he had lost his way and would not allow it we saw a light through some trees i sent him to inquire we were directed one way and another way every way except the right one we emerged at last upon a hard road of some kind the stars told me the general direction we came to cottages where the name of cherry garden was known and we were told that it was two miles off but alas again there were two roads to it a short and a good one and a long and a bad one and they sent us by the last there was a steep hill to climb for the house is eight hundred feet above the sea the horse could hardly crawl and my nigger went to work to flog him to let off his own ill humor i had to stop that by force and at last 
as it grew too dark to see the road under the trees i got out and walked leaving him to follow at a foot's pace the night was lovely i began to think that we should have to camp out after all and that it would be no great hardship it was like the gloaming of a june night in england the daylight in the open spots not entirely gone and mixing softly with the light of moon and planet and the flashing of the fireflies i plodded on mile after mile and cherry gardens still receded to one mile farther we came to a gate of some consequence the outline of a large mansion was visible with gardens round it i concluded that we had arrived and was feeling for the latch when the forms of a lady and gentleman appeared against the sky who were strolling in the grounds they directed me still upward with the mile which never diminished still to be travelled like myself our weary animal had gathered hopes from the sight of the gate he had again to drag on as he could his owner was subdued and silent and obeyed whatever order i gave him the trees now closed over us so thick that i could see nothing vainly i repented of my unnecessary philanthropy which had been the cause of the mischief what had i to do with black women or white either for that matter i had to feel the way with my feet and a stick i came to a place where the lane again divided i tried the nearest turn i found a trench across it three feet deep which had been cut by a torrent this was altogether beyond the capacity of our unfortunate animal so i took the other boldly prepared if it proved wrong to bivouac till morning with my nigger and go on with my argument happily there was no need we came again on a gate which led into a field there was a drive across it and wire fences finally lights began to glimmer and dogs to bark we were at the real cherry garden at last and found the whole household alarmed for what had become of me i could not punish my misleader by stinting his fare for i knew that i had only myself to blame he was an honest fellow after all in the disturbance of my mind i left a rather valuable umbrella in his buggy he discovered it after he had gone and had grace enough to see that it was returned to me End of chapter forty five